It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into what each young player on this Thunder roster can improve on this season, what you should be watching for in their player development. We're also going to talk about the 2022 NBA draft and what college games you should circle on your calendar. It's me, it's Richard Stamen, Mavs Draft on Twitter, host of Lockdown NBA Draft. It's all coming up on the Lockdown Thunder podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day, right after this. Daily Oklahoma City Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Aaron Chief, over at thunderousintentions.com. Me, member Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod and email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. Joining me today is Richard Stamen at MassDraft on Twitter, host of Lockdown NBA Draft on Tuesdays. Richard, we're back for another year of Lockdown Thunder, and we're going to talk all about today the young players on this roster already and the upcoming NBA draft, but how are you feeling? We're a week away right now from the beginning of the NBA season. Of course, the season tips off on Tuesday, October 19th. However, the big one comes October 20th whenever everybody's in action and not just the four teams that play on Tuesday. So how are you feeling right now a week away from that big event? Well, I'm, I got a little bit of FOMO. The Mavs still don't play until that next day, the 21st. So I got a long time waiting for that, but I'm excited for this season. I think this is the best opening day slate we've seen in a really long time. I think it's Bucks, Nets is the first game, and then Warriors, Lakers. It's an outstanding slate. And then obviously the first games, the Wednesday night, are going to be really good too. And then Thursday night set up well too. But I'm really excited for the season. It's the first one in a while where it just feels completely wide open, or so it feels, you know. It does feel wide open. It feels very interesting. I mean, of course, uh, the Thunder won't be competing on all likelihood for that championship, but a lot of teams are. And so just off the bat, who is your title favorite and how many teams realistically do you think that right now could win a championship? Just off the top of your head, how many teams do you think can actually realistically win it and you would not be stunned? Man, it wouldn't shock me if either of the LA teams do, depending on when Kawhi comes back. The Nets and Bucks, I mean, they're always going to be there. feel like one of the teams in the East will just randomly slip in, like whether it's Miami, Philadelphia, um, I mean, maybe Atlanta. Atlanta's a team I feel like is really under the radar with that. It's wide open. Denver, Jamal Murray comes back. It's a, there's no team that just stands out as a clear-cut favorite. Maybe the Nets, but the whole Kyrie stuff, who knows? It'll be interesting to see kind of what unfolds with the NBA and, and all that goes into that. Now, how many teams do you think are actively gunning that top overall pick with the Thunder? Well, I think there's one uh, kind of conflict of interest, but I think the Orlando Magic are probably the team 
that's in straight up contention for that top pick with the Oklahoma city thunder. It'll be the magic. It'll be the thunder. And if, if you can kind of put yourself in the middle of those two franchises, of course you help us out a ton on locked on thunder and you're mad and you're a magic fan yourself. You know, who would you rather be the GM of right now, the thunder with all their draft picks and the young players on this roster or the magic who have a ton of interesting pieces, you know, and, and kind of, uh, have a different outlook than the Thunder right now? Not even a question. I mean, <laughs> the team that could trade for three superstars and not be, like, indebted forever. <laughs> and that's the Oklahoma City Thunder. It'll be a ton of fun. I think that the Magic are going to be fun, too. I think that the Magic and the Thunder can kind of join together in their suffering of their record this year, but also in the sense of they both have very young, talented players. I mean, is Mo Bamba actually going to get a shot this year? Yeah, I mean, with Mosley coming in, he seems to be a fresh face. I know Steve Clifford and Mo Bamba didn't get along very well, but I think a uh, new beginning for him. It's his really last chance, I think, to latch on. Like, if he doesn't stick here, he's looking at a Mario of his own career. Mario is out of the league in five years. I think, I think obviously, being Mo Bamba with his measurements and all, all the stuff that, like, people know him, I think he's going to get a little bit more of a leash, but this is definitely his last trial year with Orlando. Even if he does well, I don't know if Orlando brings him back. So getting into this Thunder roster right now, how would you rank Josh Giddy, Shea, Dort, Poku, Trey Mann, Jeremiah Robinson-Earl, Darius Baisley, and Aaron Wiggins? How, how would you rank those players? All right, so I'm not going to lie. I kind of forgot the list, but... Uh, <laughs> Just how would you rank the entirety so, of the young players? SGA is clear cut number one. Um, number two, in turn, I think this is a. I mean, Poku probably. I mean, this isn't for now. You want me to rank like long term? I assume. Yeah. How do you how do you project them to kind of go throughout their NBA career? Yeah, SGA. I mean, he's already like a twenty five points per game guy. It's really hard not to see that being the number one guy. Poku's probably number two. <sighs> number three, man. This, there's a drop-off here. Um, did you say Baisley, or is he not included in this? Baisley's included. Yeah, I'll, I'll use building block Baisley. Then I'll go Giddy, Dort. Um, man, this is tough. I'm probably way overthinking this. I'll go Trey Mann, Teo Maladon, and Andrew, Aaron Wiggins. I think that was, Did I miss anybody? Jeremiah Robinson. Oh, 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 put Jeremiah Robinson all over Trey Mann. Uh, one spot above him. That that is that is cancelable for match. <laughs> right, that's been your stick all all draft. You you really believe in JRE? I almost been, abandoned it. <laughs> you almost you almost jumped ship. You've moved on to Kevin Durant, Evan Mobley. So Jerry will be safe with us though. Now, <laughs> now you did something interesting there. You put Poku at two, uh, who's been a very fascinating player so far in his career, and you slid down Josh Giddy a bit. Now, what about Josh Giddy? Uh, have you liked and maybe even disliked in the preseason? What, what have you seen from him, if anything, to kind of shape some of your opinion? Yeah, honestly, nothing from preseason changed my opinion. It's just I, it's still my pre-draft stuff where I'm like, I don't know what the fit is like with SGAs. It could work. I just really don't know the likelihood of that fit working out. Uh, like it's, it was a questionable pick, and that's kind of the consequence of that questionable pick. Now, with Pogoshevsky you put him there because of his ceiling or because that you think he can reach a ceiling that would put him behind SGA? Well, just looking at, it's a little bit of both. Like looking at how he developed after the G league bubble is just, he was two different players before and after. 
And you consider the fact that he came over from Europe as a second division Greece play, like player in Greece, which Greece, even the top division, isn't that competitive. They're good for EuroLeague. They get they get a team or two, I think, in there in EuroCup. And after that, like, yeah, there's a pretty steep drop-off. It's not a very competitive league. And then he played in the NBA. That's a massive jump, and he didn't look completely lost in the second half of the season. And I don't think his skill set is exactly why he was bad. He just couldn't make shots. And I think even if he ups his field goal percentage and efficiency to below average this year, like for the league, not even for – like he's going to be below average for a forward for quite a bit, like a big – but – you can still be good. Like Kristaps Porzingis never hit 50% of the shots despite being seven foot three. It's not the only way to define a player. I think the path he's on is really just a high upside path. That is going to be music to Thunder fans ears about Pokashevsky for sure. I, I find your list very interesting. It's, it's very fun to kind of get the outside look of the Thunder. That's why we, I love to have you on, of course, with all your great draft stuff as well. We're going to get into uh, the upcoming NBA draft and the top college games to watch this year because we're getting pretty close. I mean, we're about a month away from uh, the college season ramping up. You're going to ha- you have media days this week and it's getting, it's getting here before you know it. Uh, but in terms of this season, of course, the thunder will not be one of those teams fighting for the championship or even competing for the play in or playoffs. Most likely though, there'll be a team that's going to be in the lottery. And how do you gauge this thunder team and how do you watch them? What, what should you be watching for with those young players uh, to take that next step. Yeah. So I think actually I started building out a list for like each team of what interesting developments there could be this year. And Oklahoma city has some really interesting ones, starting with Josh Giddy, where he's a guy. It's like, what's his fit with SGA is I think the immediate question, how many minutes they play together? Like, what is that total up to? If they're positive in year one in a year where most of the team is going to be negative, I think that's a pretty uh, promising thing for the team and just for both of their upsides. And then also just kind of what the front court rotations look like. I'm really curious to see how they balance Baisley, um, Jeremiah Robinson, Earl, Lou Dort, what he ends up doing up top. I mean, there's there's a lot of different directions that go if Gabriel Deck is still there and Isaiah Roby are still there. Um, you know, there, there's just so many different directions they can go in the lineups. I'm very interested to see what their best and worst lineups end up being. It'll be fascinating to track that all season long. We're going to get into what each individual player can improve on this year coming up. However, first, I want to tell you right now, our good friends over at Prize Pick. All right, NBA fanatics, have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks is a daily fantasy uh, agenda made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Prize Picks has the best NBA daily fantasy prop games on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all of the superstar players as well as bench players uh, only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown, or three-pointers made, or turnovers, or assists thrown as well. All of your users that deposit uh, can use your promo code and you receive a 100% instant deposit match of $100. Just be sure to use the code NBA. So use our code NBA at Prize Picks, and you're going to get that deposit match up to $100. Uh, you pick two to five players and over under on the production and projections, and you can win 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus projected numbers. So it's going to be very easier, much easier for you to win uh, in that scenario. Price picks allows mixed sport entries. You can take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. How awesome is that? Using the award winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. 
Injuries can be made 60 seconds or less. It's that simple, that easy. Uh, Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepick.com and use the code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Pick is daily fantasy made easy. Prizepick.com, promo code NBA. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And we're back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network. Richard Stayman joining me, Ryan Styles, on the Locked On Thunder podcast to our teams every day. Thank you for making us your first listen every single morning. For your second listen, go check out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Show. Richard at MassDraft on Twitter, host of Locked On NBA Draft. Let's talk about what these individual players can improve on. Now, is there anything glaring about SGA's game that you think that you should watch for improvement this year? Because so far, he's been much better as a post player this year in the preseason. Yeah, I mean, I think just pull-up shooting consistency is the main thing, right? Like, maybe a little bit – I don't want to say consistency on defense, but, like, you know, being, like, consistently very good on that end. I think it's more of an effort thing. Those are pretty much the only two glaring room for improvements for him. Now, with Lou Dort, the obvious answer is rim finishing. He was very bad last year at finishing at the rim, according to cleaning the glass – is there any other aspect for him or is it just simply honing in on can he finish at the rim? Yeah. I mean, I think the finishing at the rim for Dort is massive. Like out of Arizona state, that was his big flaw. He was bulky. He was bigger than a lot of the players he was going against. He had shot under 50% at the rim, which is atrocious at, at the college level, especially for a wing. And if he can suddenly turn, you know, I don't know if it's touch. I don't know what it is still. I, that is one of the biggest mysteries as to why he's not good at the rim. If he can suddenly turn that around, that's a big jump. I mean, if, if Ludor can begin finishing at the rim and can improve on his finishing accuracy, then that opens up such a huge area of his game because you're right. I mean, Lou Dort is huge. He's a good free, uh, free throw shooter. He's going to get fouled a ton at the rim. He draws a ton of offensive fouls, the second most in the NBA uh, behind Kyle Lowry last year, and he's a good free throw shooter. So adding his finishing with his now improved three-point production – makes him a viable offensive player and weapon for the Thunder and I think can really take his game to that next step. If he can improve his rim finishing, what do you think the ceiling would be for this young, still Ludor? Yeah, I mean, I think he – so, I mean, this last year he was a starter, right? But it was it didn't feel like he was a starter like that. When you say someone is like a starting caliber player, Ludor didn't exactly fit it. He was more of a specialist in a starting lineup than like a solidified starter. And I think he makes that jump of where he can start in any lineup across the league. I think that's really what you're looking at is as one of the solid starters who does just about, you know, everything you would want out of a wing position outside of some creation and obviously shooting off the dribble and things like that. Now, what can tail Maldon improve on? Because with me, again, it goes back to the rim finishing. He was very bad at finishing at the rim last year. Is there anything else in your eyes that you can see him improving on? Because to me, he's kind of a, he's almost a ready-made player because I think that his ceiling is going to end up being that of a sixth man uh, who hopefully can finish the rim and kind of do all the right things. But is there anything else that you'd view his game as? 
Yeah, I mean, he was the worst finisher in the league, so he really needs to improve on that. And then the three-point shot, it wasn't that bad. For a rookie, 33.5%, you live with it. Um, if he can get that to 35, 36, 37 and a half was the league average last year. I don't think that'll be repeated. If you can get to that 36, 37 mark. I mean, that's, that's a big jump. You're going to see an uptick in points per game, noticeable uptick. I think those two things are, are important. If he can cross, you know, just not being the worst finisher in the league and then improve that three point percentage to be average. Yeah. Lou Dort last year went 51% at the rim, down from 55% his rookie year at the rim. Uh, Taylor Maldon in his rookie season at the rim, uh, according to cleanintheglass.com, went for 42% accuracy at the rim. So those numbers have to improve uh, in the NBA. I mean, you, ju- you just have to get better at that in those two aspects of it. Now, Alexei Pokoshevsky. For this one, it's more undefined. I mean, it was clear what Lou Dort and Taylor had to work on. And with SGA, you know, it's just kind of see what the next step for him would be in general. But for Pokoshevsky, there's just so much you can pick from in this category. Where are you going to go first with what you first want to see Pokoshevsky improve on? Yeah, I mean, it's one of two things. Either alter more shots at the rim and block more shots or literally just make more shots because 34% is not going to fly. Now, with Pokoshevsky, I think that he's going to be a fascinating player to watch because it seems like he'll play with that second unit and be the leader of the second unit and control the ball and control the offense and have the offense go through him. And I find it interesting to see how his strength uh, that he's added this summer can help his game get into the paint and, and kind of extend his three level scoring a bit. And also his good playmaking and also the thunder love just having everyone be able to play with, with the basketball. So it'll be fascinating to see how that goes with that with Pokashevsky. It's hard to pinpoint one thing because any improvement would be good improvement for Pokashevsky. There's not like one specific area you want him to get way better at. Now, with Therius Baisley, it's kind of the same concept of you want him to shoot better from three. You want him to be more aggressive whenever he's driving. You want him to continue to play good defense. So it's like, where do you kind of balance out with Therius Baisley on what to pick for this one thing? For me, it will be aggressiveness. I, I want Baisley to be a much more aggressive basketball player. Yeah, I mean, the aggressiveness would help a lot. I also do think he is a little bit predictable in a lot of his shots. He's another guy, though, that needs to just make more shots, simply enough. I mean, 39.5% from the field this year, pretty much, and last year, too, uh, or the year before, excuse me, both so his whole career. And he's never eclipsed 35% from three. On more volume, he shot 29%. Like, I, I think he just needs to make more shots, and I think that mindset is actually a big part of it for him. I think the aggressiveness getting to the rim will help, you know, open up some of his three-point shooting. And the aggressive mindset will be big for him, and – I think that the Thunder should put him in better spots than they did last year. I mean, I think that it's easy to kind of keep criticizing Baisley for the Thunder fans out there, but the Thunder did not put him in great spots a year ago. He's not a kind of player that I don't think that you can put in a corner and just have him spot up three-point shoot. Like, that's not going to be his game in the NBA. And if that's how you want to utilize him, it's kind of a disservice to him. So I want to see the Thunder put him in better spots, moving him more off ball and allowing him to cut more and use that athleticism. And I want him to be able to be more aggressive whenever he does have the ball in his hands because I think that – one of his big traits is the fact that he's a nice ball handler and a nice passer for his size. He's also an elite rebounder uh, for his size and can go the other way with that and run the fast break. So that's what the Thunder want to do in general. When you're describing what Mark and Sam Presti are looking for, you're describing the traits that Darius basically has. So I want to see him get to utilize that uh, at this level with the Thunder this year. Now with the rookies, it's hard to say what they should improve on because we don't have a baseline for them yet, but what are you looking for? Let's start with Trey Mann, because to me, with Trey Mann, you're just looking for how he adapts to the length and the speed of the NBA game in terms of creating his shot for himself. 
Yeah, I mean, I think for him, it, it comes down to that space creation and hitting shots off the dribble, and, and if he can be that spot-up shooter, because like you've said, everyone has to play make, which means, in turn, everyone has to be able to play off ball. In Oklahoma City, can Trey Mann do that? We didn't see it a ton in Florida. So that's something that uh, I think his overall scoring, how will it translate, is something to watch for him. I'm interested to see how that transpires there. Now, with Jeremiah Robinson Earl, I find him in an interesting battle with Isaiah Roby. I think that Roby has carved out a NBA career for himself to where he's going to be on an NBA roster. It's a matter of where will he be in the NBA landscape. Will it be in Oklahoma City or somewhere else? And I think that him and Jerry are pretty redundant players, and Jerry might be a better defender and be a better three-point shooter to where the, the edge might go to JRE. So watching how Jerry kind of handles that small ball five look to me will be the biggest thing to watch for for him because I think that we know he's going to be an average shooter, which is going to be good for his size. And then how does he handle now being the center in the NBA? Is there anything else for, from you who are so high on Jerry and that I'm like in your top 12 that you're looking for this year? Yeah, I mean, I, I hate pulling the stat out from a preseason game. Uh, but I know we talked about it off air before the show started, but Jeremiah Robinson Earl, the Thunder were outscored by 32 points in the 10 minutes that he went off the floor. Obviously it doesn't really, it doesn't actually mean anything, but my main thing from like a statistical uh, point of view is like not the shooting, which I think it'll come along, but what's his plus, like the plus minus the on off, all that stuff is really going to be interesting to see because like you've heard me harp on this show, how he does everything at at least at a minimal level. Like he's a jack of all trades. He's that kind of guy. And I think that will translate. He's going to be the veteran on this team at like that play style, not actually like in the locker room or anything like that, but with his play style, I do think that he's going to be a positive player. And I just want to see kind of what makes him so positive. And I, I think it'll kind of stand out. I mean, I think you're going to see the limited mistakes. It's not going to even average like more than a turnover and a half, like things like that. It's going to really stand out. Now, What's your gauge on Aaron Wiggins? Because to me, I think that he's going to be a very fun 3 and D prospect that uh, with given the Thunder circumstance of they love the blue, they love developing players, and they love converting two-way deals, I think that he can have an NBA contract by the end of the year. How confident are you in that aspect of it that he could be an NBA player on an NBA deal by the end of the season? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think – I mean, I've said it before on here, and I, I'll say it again. His game is the most scalable game of probably anybody on a two-way contract, the three and D mold, it translates so smoothly from college. It, it's a very projectable role. All you have to, I mean, it's literally hitting shots and just not giving up easy buckets. That, that's all he has to do to play to his skill set. It's something that he has done at Maryland for, I think he did it three years, right? He came out as a junior. And I just, I don't see how that doesn't translate. I, I think somehow someone's going to get traded. The whole team doesn't stay the same for the whole year. He'll take someone's spot. From the pre-draft process to his rookie season, what are you hoping develops the most for Josh Giddy? Yeah, I mean, I just want to see the spot-up shooting. I, the shooting in general, spot-up shooting and see how he is on defense because defense was an issue in Australia. He didn't try nearly as hard as he should have. wasn't as good as someone at his size and basketball IQ. He only showed some flashes. He just was very inconsistent on ball. So coming up, we're going to talk about the top basketball games to watch from college landscape for the 2022 NBA draft. All that is coming up. But first, I want to say right now, my good friends over at betonline.ag. Back and better than ever, all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for pro and college football action this season with updated odds, site interface, and more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline is your number one source for everything football. Head over to the website or even use your mobile device. 
and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Do not forget to use our code Locked On to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. From football, basketball, baseball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait. Take advantage of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. But online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sport action. But online, your online sportbook experts. But online, where the game starts. Let's right now. But our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your next order. They have amazing flavors such as coconut, cherry raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate brownie, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. Richard, what is your favorite flavor of Built Bar? Man, I love the cookies and cream. That one, I'm a sucker for anything chocolate related. So cookies and cream for me. Every bar is 100% real chocolate on the outside. Richard, you love cookies and cream. I love cookies and cream. Josh Lloyd of Locked On Fantasy Basketball loves cookies and cream. You should be taking our advice and ordering yourself a cookies and cream box of Built Bar. However, if you do not want to take our advice, while we will be sad, you should just go ahead and order a mixed box. The mixed box gives you two of every flavor. You can try them all out and then reorder the flavor you love most at BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15, BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15, 15% off of your next order. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm Rylan Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Joined by Richard Stamen, who can follow on Twitter at Mavs Draft on Twitter. This is your first listen every single morning. We're here for you every single day on Lockdown Thunder for free on all platforms, including on YouTube. For your second listen, make it Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd will hook you up with fantasy basketball advice for your drafts as you prepare for the start of the NBA season. Richard, the draft is the most important thing in Oklahoma City this year. Again, what should we be paying attention to here in college basketball as we get started in a month from now? There's going to be some great non-conference matchups. What are you most looking forward to this year? Yeah, honestly, the number one spot is so wide open. Last year, we kind of knew it would be Cade from the get-go. It was his spot to lose. This year, it's about three different guys that could all be different. number one, depending on who you ask. And right now, because it's so wide open, there hasn't really been much going on. The international class is weak. Um, at least at the top. So we haven't seen really much change at the top at all. It's a very wide open field, kind of like the NBA championship that we talked about earlier. What is the four or five can't miss games for, for NBA draft fans? Yeah. So, I mean, it starts coast to coast to the two top teams uh, for draft prospects in the country. They play each other November 26th. I think that's the day after Thanksgiving. And that is in Las Vegas. It's Gonzaga versus Duke. You get Chet Holmgren versus Paolo Bonchero, two of the top three number one candidates. And then you also have A.J. Griffin. Um, Hunter Salas is uh, – A.J. Griffin, excuse me, is on Duke. Mark, Will, Mark Williams is on Duke. And then on Gonzaga, you have Hunter Salas, Nolan Hickman, uh, potentially Andrew Nemhard. It is – both those teams are ridiculously stacked. Another one that jumps out, Milwaukee is going to be a team that doesn't get a ton of press because they're the University of – Wisconsin at Milwaukee and they're in the rising league, but they have one of the top 10 recruits in Patrick Baldwin jr. They play Colorado. They play. And the reason I say Colorado is a must watch game is they have one of the best returning young, like projects draft Twitter has been all over. And that's Jabari Walker. They'll be facing head to head against each other. Uh, Kentucky opens the season. Both these teams open the season against each other against Duke. Damian Collins on Kentucky is an absolute must watch player. Kentucky always has someone. Um, I think Ty Ty Washington is there too. And Duke, like I said, they, they're stacked. Some other, there's a ton of other, you know, mid season tournaments that happen around Thanksgiving. 
One of the other ones that stands out because, you know, there's the Maui Invitational and Battle for Atlantis always have some of the top teams, but the best under the radar one is the Hall of Fame tip-off. And that one is Villanova versus Tennessee. will play each other. And then North Carolina, Purdue, all four of those teams have prospects. The winners play each other. The losers play each other. That'll be a ton of fun to watch guys like Ty Chandler in that event with Tennessee and uh, the players around the country there. So that's your primer on games you should be watching for in college basketball. Richard, right now, who would you who would be your top five? Because hopefully the Thunder won't be able to fall lower than five. Just roughly off the top of your head, subject to change, who's your top five right now in the NBA draft? Yeah, it's it's hard. This is a very I, I would like to preface this with almost all of this will change because 10 months, eight months from the draft, a lot changes. Um, number one, I have Jaden Hardy. I'm pretty high on him. He's going to the G League Ignite. Probably that whenever you hear the word Hooper or whatever, it's him. He's a very flashy player. He makes Steph's range look like it's like to the free throw line. It's just absurd. He can hit shots off the dribble. Chet Holmgren is probably my number two just because he has the chance to be a unicorn. I'm a little bit skeptical because he's an absolute stick. Paolo Bonchero is really solid. I, I think he's going to be probably one of the safer players in the draft. Some people question his athleticism. I question his shot a little bit more, just the consistency, but we'll see. Following him is his teammate, A.J. Griffin, but he has been battling knee injuries, so if I, I might sub him out uh, for Damian Collins of Kentucky. He's kind of like a better Greg Brown. And then my solidified number five is Nikola Jovic, uh, not to be confused with reigning MVP Nikola Jokic. He's not just Jokic with, uh, with you know, glasses and a mustache, but he is a little bit of a point forward that can has one of the probably the cleanest shot in the entire draft. I'm super high on him. And just for an honorable mention, Usman Jang, he's playing in the NBL. Um, he is going to be a stud. He's like a better Zaire Williams, I guess. There's a lot of comparisons to last year's class on some of the raw projects. And I'm a little bit higher on those guys this year than last year. Interesting stuff there. We're going to talk all year long about the 2022 NBA draft and about the developmental players on the Thunder roster. Richard, this was fun. Where can they find all of your great work? Yeah, Locked On NBA Draft. I do Tuesdays. Uh, be sure to listen to the show. Raphael and the Draft Dummies are great. But I do also – Mavs Draft on Twitter has just about everything I do. You can find all my stuff through there. At Mavs Draft on Twitter, at Ryland underscore Styles. For Richard Stamen, I'm Ryland Styles. Until next time, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 